When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey everyone, this is Ankita Rao. I'm a co-host here at Radio Motherboard, and today we're going to talk about a topic that's very close to my heart, especially in 2017, stress. So for the past 6 months, I've been working with Dr. Chidi Parikh at Wild Cornell New York Presbyterian Hospital to see if I could hack my stress levels and actually bring them down. So what um what blood panels are we taking today? So as a follow up today we're going to do the iron panel just to make sure your iron levels are okay. We'll also do vitamin D, we'll also do CRP and homocysteine which are often markers of inflammation. So we'll do those as well today just as a comparison from prior blood work. Do you expect to see changes? Yeah, and often again these are sort of the red flags, so we always want to rule out the red flags. So if these markers have been elevated in the past with treatment, we often see a steady decline in them. And sometimes these markers can be elevated before the symptoms come, so it's sort of an early warning too. So it's so we can detect things way before the physical symptoms manifest. So it's always a helpful tool. That was me and Dr. Pri getting my last round of blood work in October. Then we sat down to talk about what exactly it experienced in the last few months and how New Yorkers as a whole experience stress in this city. What do you see most in New York? Like what is, is there like a common thread that you see in this city of like okay, this is like every patient comes in with this. Yes, absolutely. So there is a, a New York City diagnosis. I feel like that's sort of an umbrella term for a majority of the patients that I see, and myself included, because we are all subject to, um, you know, hypersense of awareness when it comes to not just our sensory organs, but also expectations, and you know. how we hold ourselves to those expectations there's a constant sense of pressure to perform at a certain level and always comparing ourselves to others so i think all of that builds up and manifests itself not just stress but also anxiety or depression you know we all strive to be the best we can be and sometimes that comes with unneeded pressure so i think it's important for all of us to figure out what's the best coping mechanism how do we do, deal with stress in a constructive manner because stress can lead to creativity and success but when you don't handle stress consciously then it can lead to things like anxiety i see that a lot where a lot of patients are not 
necessarily diagnosed with any conditions, that they don't have heart disease or diabetes, but clearly stress is causing major limitations in how they feel physically, emotionally, and mentally. So it's something I see all the time, and to be honest, it is such an important aspect that more and more doctors need to start addressing, because we really need to focus on prevention rather than dealing with diabetes 10 years from now. How about we deal with stress now so it doesn't become those things? So I think it's very important, especially in a place like New York City. Who do you think are the most stressed out people in New York? I think the most stressed out people in New York are the ones that are not conscious about their stress. So often when we're not aware of stress or we norm work very hard to normalize it, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, I think those are the most stressful people because it often doesn't manifest as them coming knocking on my door and saying I'm stressed. They often come here because they recently had a heart attack or they developed some sort of addiction or they had a mental breakdown or some, something very severe, right? So I think that's where people are the most, that's the group of people that are most stressed, but they're just not conscious of it. So I think until now, there's always been a taboo associated with, you know, if you're a high-performing individual, there's no room for stress. You can never admit that you're stressed or you're anxious, right? So you figure out sometimes very unhealthy ways of coping with those things. But I feel things are changing a little bit, you know. Uh, more and more workspaces are addressing issues of um, of stress, of lack of sleep, and overwork. So I think the conversation is starting and that taboo uh, associated with acknowledging stress is uh, hopefully diminishing. And I hope we do even a better job at you know, addressing stress in different settings. And I personally think we should really be doing a good job at addressing stress at a much younger age. Imagine if more and more schools had mindful meditation classes or basic yoga classes or just, you know, timeouts to address these things, we would develop these coping mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms at a much younger age. I think our first meeting was in April or May. And so it's been a few months mm -hmm. and I just basically wanted to go over sort of, you know, all the things we tried and, and talk about, you can't really prescribe away stress, but <laughs> what your approach is to your patients who come in and, and are dealing with anxiety or stress. So one of the main things I do is really try to combine a conventional Western medicine approach with a more integrative approach. So the first and foremost approach to any patient who comes with anxiety or stress is making sure that there's no other reason for it, other medical reason for it. So for instance, that's the reason why we did uh, elaborate blood work. Because in my experience, we're diagnosing a lot of other medical conditions, such as thyroid disorders, that can contribute to symptoms of anxiety. So it's important to rule those things out first and not just say it's just pure anxiety, because those medical conditions can be easily treated. And after that, we really spend a lot of time during our initial consultation about talking about source of anxiety, or how does anxiety manifest in each individual. So for one person, it could be physical symptoms, for someone else, it could be, you know, certain coping mechanisms with different uh, stressful situations. So again, it manifests differently. So it's important for me to understand what does anxiety mean to you? How does it manifest for you? And what are things you have done until now to cope with it? Or what has worked, what has not worked? So it helps me get a better understanding of where you're coming from and what you're dealing with on a daily basis. And from that information, I really take a more holistic approach. So as you remember, during our initial consultation, we talk not only about the medical part of things that a typical doctor would ask you. We spend a lot of time talking about your sleep because that is so foundational. 
And we also talked about your diet, not just what you eat, but what time do you eat? Where do you shop? Do you cook? Then we talked a lot about activity, any exercise. We talked about any support systems, you know, who do you talk to when you're going through something? We also talked about hobbies or things that bring you a sense of joy and purpose in life. Those questions for me are so important because that gives me an idea of what resources, what tools can I use to create individual treatment plan for you. I had an interesting experience because I felt like a couple months in, I was able to sort of tap into the things that I was not aware of or that were stressing me out. But obviously, I wasn't able to block out the external factors of the city. So like the noise or obviously, I got in a bike accident. Like you can't, there's so many things you can't control that are like more likely to happen when you live in a crowded, you know, driven city. So what is that sort of like magic balance that you look for and like this is how much I can do and then this is how much I just have to be like all right if it happens like I have to deal with it. So I think a lot of times it's important to figure out what self-care looks like for each individual. So if we're performing at 200% all day long we need to take just as much time out for self-care. So if you drive a car, you know, 200 miles every day, you're going to have to get the tune-up and the oil change a lot earlier than someone else who barely drives the car, right? So when we use our, our bodies and our minds constantly, it's important to develop the self-care routine so that when things do sort of amplify in our day-to-day life, we have some place of sense of security and sense of relaxation to come back to. So a lot of times I really help patients identify what is it that formulates self-care for them. But until we ask the question, you know, we can't find the answer. So out of all the things I ask my patients, sometimes the, the longest pause I get is when I ask them, what brings you sense of joy and purpose in life? And that's usually when I get a lot of tears. So my job is to draw attention to that because awareness is first step to change. Without awareness, change cannot happen. And I cannot prescribe those things. I, I cannot just prescribe a typical relaxation routine that, okay, from now on every day, you know, you're going to spend 10 minutes doing this or you're going to go get a massage or you're going to go to your spin class. I can't do that because I don't know what works for you, right? So my job is to partner with you and help you identify those things, help you recognize things that do bring you sense of joy and purpose in life. I'm just keenly aware of the barriers between like me in a safe space and I sometimes think a lot of it has to do with being a woman right now and also just being a person of color like there's so many things going on in the world and even if you can make some sort of immediate changes there's still these overarching questions of like how are people treating me and like how are these like systemic issues like are there things that you're seeing like not necessarily because of the political environment but just because of the heightened awareness around like how bad things can be mm-hmm. around stress and like are those things actually manifesting and coming up in conversations and then how do you handle that? So I'm glad you brought up that point because it's not just what happens in the microcosm of our own life but when you take a step back and look at what's happening in the world around us it's it only makes sense that it has a direct impact and it's never been more true than the world we live in as of today. So it's very important to understand the relationship between what's happening in the macrocosm and how it affects each one of us on an individual basis. 
So again, it all comes back to how do we cope with this, so those situations and how do we become more conscious about what's going on at the same time? Because the solution is not to run away and hide under a rock. But how do we find that balance of being aware, being conscious of what's going on and figuring out a constructive way to be part of the solution? So a lot of times I do have patients, for instance, you know, young women, you know, women who are trying to get pregnant. So they obviously have a lot of um, questions about how are the environmental toxins affecting me and my future child? What can I do to minimize toxicity? How is stress affecting me and my future child? So that's one situation where we have to kind of expand what we're doing and really focus on not just the physical, mental, emotional, but also the social environmental aspect of how these issues affect us and our future generations. So it all comes back to living, what I call a living consciously, right? So it's not enough that we just ignore those facts, but how do we incorporate changes in our life to affect the more macrocosmic, you know, uh, issues? Being more aware of taking care of myself sometimes can get extreme, like I'm like harder on myself to take care of myself, like take that harder yoga class or meditate more. And at what point can self-care actually become like another source of anxiety? That's a great question. So I do see that a lot of that too. Again, our New York personality is to be the best and do the most, right? So one of the things I often do in my practice, and we did with you also, is get more objective data, right? So when we do things that are helping us or hurting us, we often rely on our own subjective evaluation. So that's what we did the, the salivary cortisol test or we use the biofeedback machine because then you can actually see how is your body responding to the things that you're doing. So often we are not the best judge of what's going on or what's helping, what's not, uh, what's not helping. Some of the times this objective data can really help us be more laser focused. So I certainly have patients who take the hardest yoga class and then they go spinning and then they're also volunteering and then they're doing this and that, right? It becomes overwhelming. So then I often ask them out of all these activities, which one can you not live without, you know? So what is the most important to you? So helping patients sort of drill down to what are things that are really impactful or are they just doing it because it checks the box for self-care, right? So putting more objective data in place and also asking patients to really think about what is really helping and what's not. Because until we think about it, we just go about the motion and just doing those things. So often those two tools can be very helpful in drilling down what's really important. All right, we're going to take a quick meditation break and we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I also wanted to ask about the different techniques that you provide at your office. And I think a lot of those are you know, things you don't normally see in a doctor's office. And for me, like, so incredible. Like, I had never, I'd gone, I hadn't gone one day without a headache after my concussion until she did 
Reiki one day, and I was it was literally my first day without a headache in like a month, and I, it just blew my mind. You know, when you're looking at these things that sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know, that's not real medicine. Or like, how do you pick like what's evidence based and what you actually can offer in a medical setting? So just to go review some of the services we offer here, and one of the reasons why we picked these modalities is because they are evidence-based. And they've shown, you know, across the board significant impact, whether it's on subjective measures of things like anxiety or pain or actual difference in outcomes in diseases such as heart disease or hypertension or PTSD. One of the other things we did was also assemble a team of providers who are very good at identifying which modality would work well for the patient. Because like I said, every person is different. So we start out often, most patients come to the physicians first and uh, we do a physician consultation for an hour to really get to know the patient really well, understand what their goals are so we can work together to develop a personalized treatment plan. And the treatment plan can include any of the the modalities we offer here. So we offer acupuncture, we offer nutrition counseling, we also offer medical massage therapy, uh, one-on-one Pilates and yoga instruction. Then we have Mana, who uses different things, such as she's a Reiki master herself, and she's an acupuncturist herself. So she sometimes uses acupressure, ear acupuncture, Reiki, guided meditation, or she'll also use some sound therapy with Tibetan bowls. So the goal is to really meet the patient where they are at that given moment. So the same patient might actually have a slightly different treatment every time they come see any of these providers. So that's really getting down to the personalized component of it because we change from day to day, right? So what my emotional state is, my physical state is today, it will be different from the next week when I come back from my acupuncture. So it's very important that we take that into consideration. That's one of the reasons we spend so much time with our patients, that it's not a cookie-cutter approach, that our average visits range from 40 to 60 minutes for each patient. So we take the time to identify what the patient goals are, what the patient needs are at that moment, and figure out what from our toolbox can we use to help them get closer to optimal health. Do you find that our medical system block some of the things that you want to do here because it's, I mean, it's basically broken and also just hard for people to get access to treatments they need? Absolutely. So we developed this program about two years ago. We spent a lot of time thinking about how do we create a program that is affordable, that is accessible, and that is sustainable because we can only help people if we stay in business long enough. So we you know, experiment with a lot of different types of business models to really figure out how can we attain all of those three goals. So one of the things we did was really made sure that we start with an insurance-based model. As you know, there's a lot of places in in the city and across the country that are integrated or functional medicine-based, unfortunately, do it, they don't take insurance. So it can be very expensive for patients to have a longitudinal care because each if each visit costs hundreds of dollars, it really narrows down the pool of people who can benefit from it. So our goal was to bring this into mainstream because this is not alternative medicine. This is integrated medicine. It should be provided and it should be embraced in the same healthcare model where people are going to see their doctors. We also work with employers. So we do something similar with our corporate health partners to encourage other uh, large employers to widen the coverage for preventive services such as acupuncture and nutrition. We even encourage a lot of our patients to use their healthcare spending account for things like medical massage or yoga therapy or Reiki treatment. And the other thing we've done is bring these services to 
patients um, that really need them. So Mana and our massage therapists actually go into the hospital to uh, chemotherapy infusion centers. So when patients are getting the chemotherapy, they get meditation, they get Reiki, they get chair massage while they're there. Because we understand it can be challenging for those patients who are going through so much to actually make the trek and make another appointment. So we think about this very creatively, and this is a, a big challenge because we're working against you know, such a complex um, medical system that is really not focused on prevention. We spend less than 5% of our total healthcare expenditure on prevention, even though 90% of diseases that kill American are preventable conditions, right? So just mind boggling. And I think the integrative care model can really bring um, the prevention aspect of medical system to at the forefront. And we can do that in a way that's safe, that's cost effective, and really gets us the results that we need. Do you have any advice for me after this project? Because I won't get to come in every month. Um, but and I think not everyone is lucky enough to like work with an integrative medical doctor and have a personalized health plan. What is sort of advice that you would give me and then just like stressed out people in New York for things that they can do every day? Not just about stress, but just when it comes to health, I always, you know, whittle down my talks or my advice down to three most important things. And in no particular order, I would say first thing is taking at least 15 minutes out of your day to meditate. And it doesn't have to be sitting with your eyes closed. It could be you spending time in the garden. It could be you walking the dog. It could be anything that means meditation to you. The second thing is making sure every time you eat, there's at least four different colors on your plate. I know this sounds very random, but instead of getting into all the talk about different types of diets and this and that, all I would you know, ask you to do is just make sure there's four different colors on your plate. And the third most important thing is that people don't talk about is make sure you poop every day. I know this sounds ridiculous, but the more and more we learn about our gut microbiome and how that influences our health, it's becoming even more important that we focus on the elimination part of it because that's the most powerful form of detox. And it all comes back to these three things because they're so interrelated. This is really culmination of you know the mind, body, spirit aspect of our health because if we just address one, it's not going to be a holistic approach. So through this, these three things, you'll be able to address the, the more holistic approach. As somebody who does this for a living, what does an average day look like for you? So my typical day starts with about 30 to 40 minutes of a meditative yoga practice. And for me, that's my morning cup of coffee. I don't think I can perform the way I would like to without that practice in the, in the morning. Then I often make myself a healthy smoothie at home and I have a little garden in my apartment. So I just take the fresh herbs or kale, whatever's growing and then make my own smoothie. Then I come to work and most of my time spent at work is really seeing patients one-on-one doing the consultation. And the other uh, part of my day usually at work consists of more of the administrative duties. So we are expanding this program very rapidly and we're moving into a much bigger space in June. So a lot of my time is really focused on helping the program grow. Um, so when we move to the new, bigger space in June, we're ready to go. And then end of the day, I often, you know, take the lo- slightly longer way to commute home um, because I really enjoy my time to listen to my audiobooks 
and it's just a nice time for me to just be outside because as you can see I, I sit in a windowless office so <laughs> I do like to get some time outside and depending on time of the year I either would uh, go for a run for a half an hour just spend about 30 minutes doing some sort of physical activity when I go home and I usually cook um, um, usually almost every day and then uh, and I, I'm one of those people who, if I don't get my eight hours of sleep you don't want to talk to me so I make sure I get enough sleep and at least two times a week I make sure I do something with my friends or family and just sort of time out and just spend the time to socialize so for me and again these habits didn't develop over time I was uh, not too long ago I was a resident working 120 hours and sleeping maybe you know three hours a day so it took me a while to get to this place but I think it only happened because I realized I recognized the importance of these things so every day I'm experimenting, figuring out things that work for me, that don't work for me. And I strongly believe that I have to practice what I preach. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm able to develop a good rapport with my patients because they can see me doing things that I'm telling them to do. And I feel like before I came about this integrated route, I did not feel as authentic because some of the things I was telling my patients to be perfectly honest, I did not envision myself doing. So if I'm talking to my diabetic patient, asking them to stick themselves six, seven times a day, to be perfectly honest, I don't think I would, right? So I feel like I'm finally practicing medicine the way I always envisioned to be. And I feel like I'm able to do it in a way that's authentic and it's really true for me. So I look forward to you know, doing all of those things. I really look forward to coming to work and help expand this program so we can make these services more accessible to each and every individual that needs it. Thanks so much for joining us for that. Hopefully you all feel a little bit more relaxed or maybe inspired to hack your own stress levels. You can read more about my stress project and actually see the results of my blood work at motherboard.vice.com today and read a whole bunch of other awesome stories about stress on Motherboard, Tonic, and all across the Vice sites this week. This episode was produced and edited by the wonderful Marina Kozlock. See you next time on Radio Motherboard. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.